Well, right here, that, that is part of a, a picture of what community is about. Uh, you, you partner with other people to really do the mission that, that God has given us. And it uh, sometimes is involved in, in going out towards different parts of the world. And then sometimes it's, it's involved in staying here where you are and doing all that you can to be faithful to what God has given you at your job, uh, with your family. And the key is having people around you that are doing the same thing. And so this morning what we're talking about is really the importance of, of living life outside of isolation and living life uh, in a group of people that can actually walk with you as you move towards God and His plan for your life. And so we're going to dig in. Before we do that, I wanted just to review uh, where we've been the last couple of weeks. In case this is your first time, uh, I just wanted to catch you up. The first week we talked about God's part in changing us and, and how He has given us the power to change. The only reason we can talk about change is because God makes it happen. And we looked at Easter and the power of the resurrection, the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead and that power displayed that death could not hold him is the same power that God wants to give to us so we can actually get past the things that may hold us back. And that happens as we do life God's way. And we talked about the importance of really changing paths, not like wanting to live life your own way, but changing paths and going God's way. And we talked a little bit more about that last week in my part. And we talked about the key ingredients that we need to do each individually to change. And we looked at the story of the prodigal son, somebody that had gone astray, but had actually come back and found favor again with, with his father. And we talked about the three things, wake up, own up. And shift weight. And all of us to change need to wake up. We need to realize that uh, we are part of the problems that we may experience. Uh, we're not victims, and although circumstances can really be difficult, ultimately we need to decide that, that we need to cooperate with God and allow Him to change us. Uh, we also need to own up. We need to realize that we can't do it alone. And all of us would agree that we may want to change, but there's just a part of us where we, we can't do everything we need to do to actually get us the kind of life that we want. We can find success. We can find materials. We can even find maybe a key relationship. But at the end of the day, is that going to be all that we need to change? And we looked at the fact that no, it's only as we connect with the living God that we actually have the power that he gives us to have a changed life. And then that is what we talked about, the shifting weight, the idea of I can't go my own way. I need to go God's way. And over the course of my life, I'm going to have to continue each day to choose to surrender to God and just wake up knowing I want to do what I want to do. I want it my own way. I have my own agenda, but each day I have to shift weight and surrender to God and say, God, not my way today. I really want to live life your way. And those can seem daunting. All those things, the idea of waking up and owning up and shifting weight, that, that's kind of overwhelming. But that's why... There's the third part, and that is our part in change. And it's the fact that we don't have to own up or wake up or shift our weight by ourselves. We actually are made to do life with other people. We are made to be in a community. And it's when we're in community and moved from isolation that we actually can experience the kind of change that God wants us to have. I've been uh, reading a book, and I just finished it a couple nights ago. And it's the story of some men that in 1914 through 1916 traveled from England to Antarctica and wanted to embark on kind of an Antarctic adventure, discover new land, land that's not really been found before, and their ship ends up sinking. And you may think, and that sounds like a really depressing book. 
And in fact, some parts are very depressing. But what I was reading again and again, which gripped me, was the fact that these men were banding together to survive. And in the dire circumstances they found, they were shipwrecked, they hardly had any food, they had to make shelter in the snow, they experienced frostbite, they experienced fatigue, they had none of the comforts of their home. But what allowed them to keep going was the relationships they had with another, each of them playing their role to survive. And as I was listening to this, I thought that's the kind of picture of community. Oftentimes we think of community as let's get in a circle, hold hands, kumbaya it up. Let's just feel good. That kind of sounds fun, you know, like that's community. Well, community is actually, it's actually hard work. You actually have to work for it. You have to move toward it. You have to keep things in check in your own life so you don't repel people. And, and all that helps and happens as we decide community is very important. And so we're going to spend uh, most of the time looking at four aspects of how community can help us grow and can help us change. And what you find in the scriptures again and again is that God uses the church community to pull us towards the changes he wants to make. We may see the things that we need to change. We may know the things that we need to change. We may even feel them. We have the sense of, you know, I really, this is not good for me. But what tends to happen is God continually puts us in the paths of others where they are a part of us experiencing that change. Now, if you're like me, is that kind of scary? A part of you where it thinks, wait a second, people are going to know my business. People are going to know I have problems. People are going to know I mess up. Here's the good news. Everyone knows we all have problems. Everyone knows we're, we all need help. And so we have to get past that initial like, oh, I don't want people to really know who I am. The fact is, is once we hide ourselves from people and we isolate ourselves, we actually are cutting ourselves off from this key part in the change process. And so just as you kind of experience that and you kind of feel that tension of, oh, people are going to know what's going on in my life and that's kind of scary because there's some things I don't want people to know, what we're going to talk about today is the importance of letting go of that and seeing how God uses that to actually bless you and, and, and help you. And so the four things we're going to talk about that really is a part of a change community. The first is, is love. You need to be in a group of people that love each other. Now, if that doesn't sound cliche, I don't know what does, but it's true. You can't read the scriptures, you can't get to know God, and you can't understand community without love. Now, if you're a guy, you're like, you know what, frankly, community, love, I don't think so. But actually, love is really the fuel that allows community to keep going. It's what keeps the engine cranking. It allows us to keep moving forward. And we all need to be in a group of relationships where we can love others and they can love us. Love is crucial. The second part is we need to be in a community where you, you can be known and you can know others. So, no, it's very crucial. You need to be around people that actually know who you are, how you're wired, what you're like. They know kind of where you're from. They know where you're going. There's a sense of you guys, you, you have similar experience. You, you have this sense of you know where each other are coming from. And, and knowing each other only comes as you, you open up and you let people in. This is my life. This is who I am. And then the third component is speak. There's a part in which we have to be in a group of people where people can speak the truth into your life and you can speak the truth into theirs. See, it's not just enough just to love people 
and to know them. Without truth, the focus then can just become on ourselves. But truth is where we see God's perspective. And the speaking of truth is where we actually see what needs to happen in our life. And we all have blind spots. We all have things about us that we cannot see. Since we can't see them, we'll never be able to identify them. And God uses community so people can speak the truth into us and say, you know what? There's this blind spot and you can't see it. Because I love you and because I know you, this is something that God wants to work in you to change. And from there, you can actually experience change as you allow people to speak the truth to you. And the last thing is, do. Being a part of a church community, one that actually allows change to happen, doing is very important. Because it's not enough just to love each other, to know each other and speak the truth. If it actually doesn't cause us to take steps toward change, it doesn't really help us. If we just are filled with ideas about what we should do, we have people that are telling us, that sounds like a really good idea. That'd be really good for you. But if there's no thing that actually helps us pull towards the change, we're, we're stagnant. Like all of these, this is like a reservoir community. A reservoir is something that flows in and out. If water doesn't go in and out, it gets stagnant. If we're just having people love us and we want people to know us and we want speak truth into others and we want people to do for us, there's a part in which it gets stagnant. This is really this idea of reciprocity. I don't know how to say that word. If you say it, just say it really loud. Thank you. It was like reciprocalness E. You just add an E on the end. So this is why I need community, right? I had no idea how to say that. But that, that's what it is. It's the idea of it's not just the receiving, and it's not just the giving, it's, it's the both. And that's a community of change. You give it and you receive it. You give it and you receive it. You give it and you receive it. And that's where blessing flows. And so I want to dig into the scriptures and kind of pull out some of this and how this works itself out in relationships. And I want to give you a little context. I'm going to be reading from a letter uh, in the book of Colossians written to a church. And the writer is Paul, and he, he wrote this in this, the modern-day Turkey, and, and he's really writing kind of this picture of this is what it means to follow Jesus. And most of the letters in the New Testament are written to people that they're new Christians and they don't really understand necessarily what Christian Christianity is and what it means to, to follow Christ and how that looks in their culture and how it looks in their society. And the idea of community is very foreign because they haven't really experienced a Christian community before because it's so new. And so again and again, if you dig into the scriptures, specifically the New Testament, the, the later part of the Bible, you see this picture of how to treat each other, how to speak to each other. How to be kind to each other. And it's really a guide for this is what community is. So when we dig into the Bible, it's not just pulling out kind of random thoughts or facts. It's actually showing us this is a blueprint for how a change community looks. Because these people needed it. They were under persecution. Many of them were isolated. Many of them had family members that weren't Christian. And so there's just this picture of they needed a community to survive. They needed a community to actually understand what it meant to follow after Jesus. And so as you read these words, I want to paint that picture because this is something that you can just see as Paul's writing. He's just telling him this is crucial. And he spends the first part of the book talking about important beliefs and how to think the right way. And the reason he tells them these are important doctrine, this is crucial Christian beliefs because what he's saying is if you know how to think right, that helps you 
act right. And then he gets into what does it mean to act right within a group of people. And so we're going to pick up uh, in Colossians 3, verse 12. And he's talking to them. And the picture is, just so you can kind of visualize it, the picture is this idea of putting on certain clothes and taking off certain clothes. Really, putting on certain ways you should act and taking off certain ways you shouldn't act. Now, the idea of clothes and the putting on and putting off, it's this picture of fashion. And ladies, you're like, this is awesome. Finally, the scriptures speak to something I'm interested in. And guys, you're like, finally, I can take a nap in the middle of the service. But bear with me. Fashion is actually very important to all of us because I realize for myself, I still have the filter of the 90s being the best fashion ever. Okay? So if the pants aren't baggy, I don't wear them. Right? And that's not on the script. Okay? I'm just flowing. And so I'm going to get right back. But I just wanted to say, putting on and putting off is very important because you don't want to get stuck in the fashion world in clothes that are outdated. Okay? So bear with me. Picture. Paul is saying you don't want to get stuck with the clothes that no longer fit you, that no longer look right, because your identity isn't that anymore. You were that and you're not anymore. So you can't wear that. You can't look like that. You can't act like that. And so he's using this analogy really to say you can't live the old way. Because God's given you a new way. And this is what the new way is. Verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. So he's telling you, these are the clothes you need to put on. This is the list of the kinds of things that need to be about who you are. When people look at you, this is what they need to see. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Verse 13, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So the idea of fashion, he is giving just a complete picture of what to look like. He's giving a complete picture of a new identity. If you have a problem, you make it right. If you have a grudge, you clear it up. If you see someone in need, you have compassion. You don't ignore them. You don't say it's their problem. You have compassion. You humble yourself. You're kind. You forgive. So it's this picture that they have not seen. Have you ever seen like cutting edge fashion? Some people call it cutting edge. Sometimes I call it weird. But fashion that you're saying, why did they wear that? And it just kind of catches you off guard because you've never seen it before. That's what he's saying. He's kind of showing this just brand new look. And they're like, wait a second. That's uh, what? Huh? Huh? Doesn't even make sense. This is the new life. This is the new fashion. This is the new way. You're supposed to look. This is the new way you're supposed to act. He's using this analogy again and again. And then he says in verse 14, and above all these, put on love. Okay, so after you put on all the importance, he's saying, you know, you need to accessorize and you've got to make sure that the love is the thing that's holding it all together. This is what people need to see. This is the thing you need to show off. But it's love, so you're not really showing it off. It's actually something that's going to bless people. It's love. Above all these Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, this is where I get lost in the fashion because I've never like had a sweater. That I'm like, that's it. That's the sweater. 
holds it all together without the sweater. Wasn't good. With the sweater, it was. Never done that. Again, my sweater is from 1997. V-neck. All right? But he's saying there's this thing where it's, this, it's the perfect picture. You have all these and then you put on love. And love brings it all together. Love makes all the difference. Because it all flows from here. That's the source. God himself. He's love. And he allows you to act this way because he loves us. So again, it's his power. It's his love. It allows us to do this to others. And then he goes on. Verse 15. Binds everything together and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm hanging out with somebody that is compassionate to me, that actually shows kindness, they actually listen to me and where I'm coming from and kind of the things I've experienced, and they're humble. They actually don't have to say things first. They, 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 they really want to hear. They really want to understand. They really want to know me. And people that, that they've actually forgiven me. And if you've ever experienced where you've really wronged somebody and you've screwed up and you said something that you shouldn't have said or you've done something, you stood someone up, you made a commitment and you blew it and you, you know, somebody had to pay the price for that, there's a part where people forgive you you are connected to that person because they have shown you love. There's nothing like that on the face of the planet. Somebody that forgives you. And the reason that is so unique is because that's what God himself does. He forgives. He loves. So we can forgive and we can love. And so this community is not just about a unique group of people that have devised a way to make relationships work. It's about a unique group of people that are connected to the living God and the life that he gives flows out and gives life to others. That's what it is. It's the idea of love. It's love that's compassionate. It's love that's kind. It's love that's humble. It's love that's meek. And it's love that is patient. This is the practical definition. So when we talk about a changed community needing to be love, it's really a changed community where people are committed to treating each other in this way. This is an attitude that affects what we do. It affects what we think. It affects what we say. And it impacts our schedule. Because to love people takes time. It's beyond a Sunday. If it just fit into an hour service, it'd be easy. But our relationships would be very, very shallow. So this is the picture. This is something, again... In the early church, this was their family. This was their community. This is what they had. And that's the same picture he wants church to be. There's a commitment to living this kind of way. And it begins with love. Then the knowing. Well, in, in the passage in Colossians, you, you don't really just, and you guys should know each other. That, that's not there. But really, it's the assumption of the times. There was no real community that existed where they didn't know each other. Again, it was really connected to their survival. And the assumption in the New Testament for every Christian is that you are connected and you are contributing. You're not trying to follow Christ by yourself. It was an assumption. No one would do that because it doesn't work. But in today's time, in today's age, it's very easy to forget that. 
It's very easy to just be by ourselves. But God wants us in the same way to connect to each other and to contribute, to pitch in. And as you do that, sometimes you are receiving the blessing and sometimes you are giving it. And again, it's that R word that I still can't say. The giving and receiving. So it's the loving and the knowing. And then the doing, or sorry, the speaking, Colossians 3.16. And he goes on. This is a great verse as well. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so he said, Here, here's, all, here's what you need to put on. But to put this on, you have to take some stuff off. The old way. The rage, the anger, the bitterness. Take those off. Put on the love, the compassion, the kindness, the humility, the meekness. But he's not just... A, it's not just now about the character or the attitude. He actually goes on to what, what, are the things that you, what are the things that you should be speaking to each other? And it's this picture of the Word of Christ. We speak the truth out of the Word of Christ. That's a changed community. Again, our own opinions can't really help people. No matter how great your opinion is. No matter how great your idea is, no matter how great your angle of approach is in a certain area, it's actually the word of Christ that's supposed to dwell in and is the thing that richly blesses us and can bless others. And so this idea of speaking is really this idea of you, you have to, to work at allowing God to speak to you. And everything flows from that. So to be a part of a change community, one of the most important things you can do is walk with God. Spend time allowing Him to speak the truth into you through the Word of God. So you read your Bible so He can begin to change you. You don't read your Bible with like, oh man, that's a great verse for my friend. And that's a great verse for my kid. It may be, but ultimately you want the, the Word of Christ to dwell in you. You want to read it, you want to soak it in, you want to get time around it and allow God to speak. And as he does that, it outpours from your, from your life. And then the last is do in verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the goal of the changed community God wants us to be here at Church in the Valley is one where it points people to the living God. It's not a community for community's sake. It's not even a community for Church in the Valley's sake. It's a community that allows people to connect to God Himself. And as people connect to God Himself, that's where the change comes. Each week, uh, Ian Dale, a member of our church, has shared really his own story of how God has changed him. And he shared a couple weeks ago about God's part in that. Last week he shared uh, his part and how he responded. And I want you to hear the, the last part where he talks about how being a part of this community has actually helped him experience the change that we've been talking about. Let's, let's watch that. It can be easy to get isolated from people. I work from home and often I'll go you know, most of the day without ever seeing another person. Sometimes I'll go 
several days without even leaving the apartment. Um, you know, some people might consider that lonely, but I actually really like it. It's very comfortable for me. But as Jesus said, nobody lights a lamp and hides it under a bowl. He didn't save me just so that I could continue to do what's comfortable for me. I have a purpose that's much bigger than that. And, you know, part of that involves getting outside of my comfort zone and making a choice to get around people. Uh, early on in my Christian life, a friend taught me about this idea of making one-time decisions. He said that, you know, just like I don't wake up in the morning and decide if I feel like working or if I feel like brushing my teeth, I just, you know, I've already decided I'm going to do those things. Uh, I can also look at other opportunities that way as well. Uh, he really encouraged me to think about, you know, being involved at church on Sunday morning and being involved in a small group as a one-time decision. You know, I, I don't have to constantly reevaluate whether I feel like doing that because I've already looked at whether I consider it to be valuable and, more importantly, whether God considers it to be something that's of value. Um, so I'm really thankful that he explained that to me. You know, adopting that perspective early on has really helped me to uh, continue to grow as a Christian. The book of Proverbs says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. By making myself available to be around others, God has used their influence to help me to grow and change. Um, I mentioned before about just my struggle to accept the responsibilities and work hard and you know, deal with life as it really is. And as I was wrestling with that through uh, you know, truth in the Bible, God was also working through the examples of a lot of the men right here at this church. Uh, some of them were you know, older and further along than me. And I could see that these guys, they had way more responsibility than I did. You know, some of them had two or three kids. They had really demanding jobs. And they weren't complaining. They were doing what they needed to do for the sake of their family. And uh, on top of all that, they were also very committed and active in ministry and helping other people. Uh, so by having those kinds of examples around me, it really made it harder for me to justify my own excuses that you know, I would try to come up with. Um, and I just saw, you know, these guys can do it and they can do way more than you're doing. So you can at least take this next step and accept the responsibilities that you have right now. If all this time I'd just been sticking with what's comfortable for me and not getting around other people, I would have missed a lot of opportunities to grow. You know, to, to have that example of people that reflect what I've been reading about in the Bible on my own time. Uh, you know, in the Bible it talks about Jesus being willing to sacrifice for his bride and sacrifice for the church. But then to see these guys and the extent to which they sacrificed and they were really committed to working hard and doing what's right, you know, that God just really used that to, to grow me. Appreciate Ian uh, sharing that. What, what Ian didn't say, because he wouldn't say this, is, is as people have helped him, uh, he has actually been that same help to others. Um, again, he didn't say that, but... That's part of, of the fruit of what we're talking about is as you, you, you see people who are setting the pace and you see people who are living in a certain way and it inspires you and they live the kind of life that you want to model your life after, you actually can become that same person to somebody else. That's how God wires it together. That's what real community is. It's this picture of people helping people who are helping people who are helping people. The idea is it's the branch that's connected to other branches, to other branches, ultimately to the root of God, and that's where it springs forth. 
And so that's really what we're talking about. I wanted to, to close by just kind of giving two steps that you can take just from where you are to play your role within the community. And part of that is, is as you have been coming to church in the valley or whichever church that you enter in, you have to decide, okay, am I going to move towards these people or am I going to just kind of stay back here? That's a choice we, we all have to make. It's this idea of how important is community to you? And if it's not really a value, there's always going to be this part where you're just, your toe is in the water and you're not really jumping in. And so all this is really contingent on how much you're ready to kind of submerge yourself in community. Now, the good news is, if you're just ready for the toe, that's where you are. And you still need to come around, you still need to meet people, and you still need to, to allow people to know you and for you to know others. And so wherever you are, it's so important to do what you've already done today, which is to come and connect with others. And so you've already done a next step. Doesn't that just feel good? I can tell you're so thrilled. But it's true. You showed up. That's important. You took a step to get out of your bed and to be here. And for that, I, I really do commend you. So he, here's how you can play your role. First is be honest and appropriately open. And this is really a picture of when you're at church, there's this kind of idea like, well, I'm at church. And so I think I'm supposed to act a certain way, which is true. But the same thing is you need to be who you are. And it means you don't need to feel like you have to be further than you are. Or you feel like you have to kind of hide things from people. This is actually a community where we, we want to accept you where, wherever you are. And this idea of, of being honest and appropriately, appropriately open is this idea of integrity. Who, who you are on the inside matches who you portray to people. Now, it doesn't mean that you gush and the first person you walk up to, you just tell them all your problems. Okay? That, that's awkward just relationally and it actually doesn't help build relationships because people aren't sure what to do with that but there's this thing of over time you're, you're actually allowing people to see who you are and what you're going through and you seek out help when, when you need it it's part of being honest you seek out help and appropriately open it's this idea of, of people can, can see you for who you are and the further you get on in life and the more things you have to manage and the more things that are weighing on you with your responsibilities, with problems, with your circumstances, this is so crucial. Because God wants to use a group of people to actually help you. And he wants to use you as well, again, to, to help others. Um, the, the second thing is avoid being the master teacher. Okay? We talked last week about how we can't change people. There's a part of what happens in a community where everything kind of becomes about how can I help somebody else? And if you're a guy especially, it's like if there's a problem, I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to fix it as soon as you give me the green light to do so. But again, the root is Jesus and he is the person that changes. And we don't know his timeline for when that happens. And so the best thing you can do to be a part of the change community, again, is to allow Jesus to change you. And as he changes you, he will use you to help others. And so it's really just a, a kind of a, where we are giving our attention to. We don't want to just give it and look here at these relationships like, okay, I need to focus on helping this person, I need to help this person, I need to help this person. That comes. 
And some of the time it means you do need to do that. You need to take initiative and you need to take time out of your schedule. You may need to leave your house to go help somebody, but ultimately that flows out of your relationship with God. Because he's the one that, again, provides the fuel. If you try to do it on your own, by your own strength, within your own motives, you, you stall out. The gasoline's gone, the fuel's gone. And you stall. But if you do it actually out of the relationship with God your Father, He gives you the strength you need to help people. And this is how He works again and again. And so the best way you can help people grow is to grow yourself. Allow God to grow you. And what, what i found just in my own life, again and again, is the more agenda I have for the people around me, the things that I see in them, that I want them to change, that I think they need to do a certain way, it, it doesn't go well. But instead... What, what God does within us, it, it actually becomes the key way He works through us. And that's a truth I've seen again and again. What He does within us becomes the key way He works through us. So it begs the question, what's God doing in us? And how much time are we allowing God to speak to us and read the Scriptures and pray to Him and have this relationship through which these things flow? And so it, again, it begins with Him. And it ends with him because he is the person that brings the change about. So I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are, just in your life, in your view of Christianity, whether you're investigating him, whether you're walking with him, whether you're plugged in a church in the valley, whether you're just trying to check out church in the valley. I just encourage you, take, take a step to move towards community today and take a step towards God himself. Because as you move forward, that's where you get clarity. As you move forward, that's where you get the help. And so we all have a choice each day. Am I going to move towards people or am I going to take a step back? And I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, take that step forward. And there's a couple ways you can do that. And if you pull out that connection card that uh, Barry mentioned, uh, finish filling that out. And uh, when I'm done, um, we're going to be receiving our offering. And the band, you can go ahead and come up. And as the, the band, we do the offering, you can drop that connection card in there. But on the back of the card, there's a couple next steps. And the first step is just one of those things where you state it and you're like, well, that is obvious. But it's something that you actually kind of have to make a commitment to do. And, and to be a part of the community means you have to take steps again towards it. And so the first next step today is take steps to get to know people at Church in the Valley. And that can be two ways. The first is... Take the initiative to connect with somebody. So after church, you're hungry. And somebody else is hungry. So you can invite them to lunch. And you could actually have lunch together. Now there's two parts in that. There's the person that's like, I don't want to invite anyone to lunch. That's crazy. Well, then you would circle the second one, which is accept an invitation to connect. Okay? So this could be called the extrovert or the introvert. But the thing is, again, it's both a risk. And it just comes to a point where, you know what? We have to connect to each other. And so part of that is just, I'm just going to take initiative to connect. That may be inviting to lunch. That may be meeting during the week for coffee. If you have kids, it may be, hey, let's take the kids to the park. If you don't have kids, let's go to a movie. Parents, I know. What are those? But right? Whatever you could do to, to connect. So take initiative. And if somebody takes initiative with you, you could say one word, sure. <laughs> and just see what happens. But that's what happens. It's time. 
And as you get around people and there's time and there's kind of you get to know each other, that, that's where the good things flow. This is like, this is how friendships are made. And does this just like feel good? I just feel the love right now. It's like on stage. It's like right here. So. But it's true. This is, this is how you take steps towards community. And from there, you see what God does. And so like, like Cody mentioned, and I've experienced it as well, I've experienced this. So what I'm saying is, is I was at a point where I had to take a risk about 13 years ago. And the risk is, okay, I'm going to commit to a group of people and I hope this works out. And it, and it has. It's been tremendous blessing. And there's many people that have the same story. They, they've experienced the community, they've committed to it, and God has blessed them. And so I just encourage you to consider that. Let, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the fact that you actually have designed community. Um, first, you, you came to earth to know us, and you've initiated with us. And so even from you, wanting to get to know us, you've shown us community, and, and you've loved us, and uh, you've met us where we are. And so you really are the, the, the pace setter. And so we, we look to you. God, I pray for anyone here that's just feeling lonely or alone or isolated or misunderstood or whatever they're facing just kind of feels like they're hitting this wall. God, I pray that you'll speak to them today. Help them to see uh, anything differently they need to think or do to help pull them towards people and also help them to know that they're, they're not alone. And so I thank you for this community here at Church in the Valley. God, will you grow us? Will you allow us individually to grow and help us to grow together as a group? Uh, we ask this in your help in the name of the Lord Jesus. 